All right. So I'm trying something new for this one. So I've been seeing a lot of stories, and if you pay attention to the news, you have to, of how terrible all the testing rates in Florida are. There's so many COVID cases, record numbers, blah, blah, blah. Well, today, I saw an article from Fox 35, a local news affiliate here, saying that Orlando Health confirms state COVID-19. Orlando Health is the, like one of the biggest hospital networks in Orlando or in Central Florida. They confirmed state COVID-19 report has errors. So the entire, the entire media narrative lately has been that Florida's doing terribly because we have so many positive cases. They're not factoring in the fact that positive cases don't mean bad outcomes or anything like that. They're just going on positive cases. Fine, let's go with that. Where are all these high case numbers coming from and why? Well, here's part of that story, I bet. So this is from what, a couple hours ago, 14 hours ago. Yeah, so yesterday. Because today is 7.14 and it is about noon. All right, so basically what they're saying here is that they saw there's a big report. Every day, the Department of Health releases a coronavirus testing report. So the entire state's report, it's about 11%. And I have that page pulled up here too. And it's on a different page, actual percentage. But here's the numbers that give the percentages of uh, the testing. But so they're, they're reporting 11% positive testing out of everyone that's been tested. So then they went through this report and they saw a lot of labs and different agencies are reporting 100% or close to 100% positive test rates. So when everyone they test is coming back positive. It seems a little sketch to me, right? So I pulled up the same report they had. So the big one, they called a bunch of different ones with Fox 35 and they got back with Orlando Health actually got back to them saying that they reported 98% in the report, but the one they said, they called back and said its positivity rate's really only 9.4%, which is in line with a lot of other numbers on that report, which I have right here. So this is probably page three or four of when it talks about individual laboratory testing. And if you scroll around looking at these percent positive, you're seeing in the teens, the 20s, but mostly some low numbers. But then if you scroll down far enough, you'll find, there it is, Orlando Health, 98%. They're saying out of 522 people they tested, 512 are positive. Now, Orlando Health branches all throughout Central Florida. They're not just in the immediate Orlando area. We're talking counties and counties. Most of Central Florida has Orlando Health facilities. And if all of their testing, they're finding 98% correct, well, no, that's what was reported. They're saying only about 9.4% were actually positive, which lines up with a lot of their numbers that you can see here too. Why is this happening? And why is it not? It's not just them. There are a lot of different labs you're seeing. Lee Memorial right here, 100%. Pancara, Florida, 100%. These are hundreds. It's not like five people go in and get tested. These are hundreds of people. And they're saying every single one of them is positive for the COVID-19. Come on. So... Let's keep looking. Oh, LabCorp, RTP, whatever that means. LabCorp is a huge lab company, 88%. And I have 320 people, 280 were positive. And you have like 100% Millennium Pathology, 99%, Hendry Regional. Like these, these stats are not realistic and they're definitely not accurate. Orlando Health just proved that by saying, oh no, it's really 9.4%. So let's look at, let's, let's, so this is with all of those numbers factored in. Let's, let's think about that. So even though we've got obviously false reporting, false reporting of high positives. So we're going positive residents. This is the current situation in Florida, Department of Health today. So positive residents, a little under 300,000. So total cases, 
So I'll even change that. I'm going to copy that. I'm going to do my percentage calculator. This is total deaths. So I think that's I think that's just counting residents. So we'll take the total cases out. I'll stick to my original calculation. So what's the percentage of people who are actually getting this? That have, what's the mortality rate? How many are actually dying? You get this. And so I plugged in the number of positive residents. So 278. That's the same number I had, right? Did it update? Whatever. Banking so we got almost 300,000, and there's all the deaths. In the a little future, over 4,000. Banks will need to shift 1.5 percent. So we have numbers that are obviously inflated and that have been proven to be inaccurately high. And even with those high numbers, we're at a 1.5% mortality rate. Let's dig in the data even more. So all these positive cases, because we're talking about shutting down more stuff. They're shutting down bars that don't serve food, which is absurd. Let's talk about that for a second, actually. I'm going to grab a trail a little bit, but I don't care. There's so much I'm pissed off about right now. So you have people closing like local breweries that only serve alcohol because they're uh, rampant viral COVID spreading sites, but then you have places that serve food, getting exemptions, you're able to stay open and even have bar seating there too. There's there's no point there. Like if, if this isn't blatantly just trying to keep little small businesses down, I don't know what else to call it. It makes no sense. It's the equivalent of, it's, it's either, at worst case, it's actively trying to keep small businesses like breweries down so that the big names in brewing and beer can stay on top, or it's just political policy virtue signaling. When you have everyone demanding that the government do something about everything, they're going to do nothing about a lot with regulations that hurt everyone. And this is obviously what's happening right now. There is no data that I've seen that indicates that, that breweries that don't serve food are more dangerous than those that do serve food. It's completely absurd. Anyway, let's go back to what I was trying to get at. So let's see about, about the people. So we have 1.5% of Florida residents who are positive, or sorry, sorry, of 1.5% of Florida residents who are tested are positive. And again, this is 1.5% of cases from false data recording with a lot of places reporting 75 plus percent false positives or just lying blatantly. So the 1.5% of people who are positive what are the age groups like that? So people at risk for this are usually those who are elderly who have pre-existing conditions. So let's look. Let's break down this. So this is the uh, the weekly total antibody results for Florida through July 10th. That's four days ago. So the highest percentage of people. Well, that's unknown. So that's a smaller uh, testing site. So let's see. So most people who are catching this are within. The 35 to 54, oh, that's negative. I'm not even looking at the positive rate. So positives are in the 2000s. So a very small percentage there. So the highest percent positive of people being tested is 5 to 14 year olds, 15 to like young people. Well, let's see how, how badly are younger people affected by this virus. Let's look at CDC counts for mortality rates, provisional death counts for coronavirus disease. So up through 7-4-2020. So let's see. So we got big spikes here. It's all broken down by age group. So we have, of course, up here, 85 and older, a lot more deaths. This is back in this is back in April, towards the end of April, mid-end of April. But let's look up to most recent data. So out of, this, this is nationwide. So out of all the people in these age groups, 0-24, zero deaths during that week. 25 to 34, zero deaths during that week. 35 to 44. Five deaths, 45 to 4, 13. So nationwide during that week, we've had, we'll put it at 13 deaths in the most, in the people that are mostly getting the virus now in Florida that everyone's saying is handling this so terribly. 
And all these percentages are, again, based off fluff numbers that aren't accurate. My rambling point is, what are we freaking out about? Why are we closing down businesses still? And none of this is to say that COVID-19 isn't dangerous and deadly for those who are at risk. Of course it is. I mean, you can just see the data. It's shown right here, too. If you're in certain age groups, that's a lot of dead people. 85 and over 5,500 people. That's significant. And I still can't see my grandma because she's locked away in a in a center. I mean, luckily, they're taking very good care of her, but they're keeping it locked down because they realize that even though this is not a threat for most people who are younger, who are healthier, don't have pre-existing conditions or any kind of other risk factors, it can be deadly for those that do. But we have to look at the percentages. We are destroying the economy and the lives of so many more people to save a much smaller population that we can keep safe just by isolating them the way we're doing right now. We don't have to make more people suffer. I also have pulled up a, uh, a Yelp local economic impact report. It's last updated from June 25th. So this I pulled up because a while ago I saw this and what they're saying is out of all businesses, out of all business closures on Yelp since March 1st, 41% are permanent closures. So you have 41% of businesses that have closed since this all started being permanently closed. And again, the idea of, of closing stuff down was to slow the curve so that we don't overwhelm our healthcare facilities. And well, we're there. We did that. Why are we still closing down businesses? Why are we still restricting people's freedom to move about? We have realized now the data we have, even if it's inaccurately inflated, shows that even with that data, it's not that dangerous for most society out there. There needs to be a balanced conversation about this. We need to be able to acknowledge on the one hand that yes, there are people at risk for this and certain behavior modifications should occur. You should not be taking risky behavior. Like I go, let's say don't go out to the bar that I'm talking about being open and then you immediately go see your grandma in the nursing home the next day. That's dangerous, don't do that. But that should be the decision of an informed populace or the facilities themselves. Let the nursing homes and the care facilities make these rules for themselves and almost all of them do. They're testing their employees as they come in and out. They are restricting access to different people. And get this too, if you are tested positive with COVID in a nursing home in Florida, they put you in a quarantined either area or facility for COVID care. That way you're not spreading it to everyone else at risk in that same area. Cough, cough, Governor Cuomo. Arguably the worst governor in America, but yet no one's complaining about how he's handling it up there in New York. I guarantee you, if we start doing tit-for-tat comparisons on positivity rates, death cases, and mortality rates between Florida and New York, there would be no reason this media narrative that Florida is handling it poorly would stand up. I mean, really, that's, that's, that's all I literally want to rant about. I can go on this and just say the same thing over and over again for a long time, but, but you can see the data is right here. So A, we know that labs are straight up lying about positivity cases and how many are positive. And even with those inflated numbers, the amount of people who are positive out of everyone being tested is still 1.5% of the population in Florida, at least, of Florida residents. The state that's handling it so poorly, the one that Stephen Colbert, we should just put a condom on because we're so sick and infectious everywhere. If you're just getting your news from headlines or from late night talk show hosts, you're being lied to, you're woefully misinformed, and that misinformation is going to go to the polling booths and it's going to create this perpetual system of bullshit we've been voting in for the last couple decades, if not longer.
Red versus blue, there is no difference there. This is all the same stuff happening over and over and over again. And you really think just voting based on what Stephen Colbert says is going to get you anywhere but not where we are right now? This system is is corrupt because you all voted it in by not paying attention to what actually matters. Local elections, what your congressmen and people actually say, and realizing the presidency is not a popularity contest. Let's look at actual policy for once, not just who can sound better on TV, which in this case really isn't any of them. You might have a chance here for a third party. Anyway, thanks for listening if you hung out this long. I mean, you've seen all my sources here. If new data presents itself that contradicts what I'm saying, then I'll make a new video about it then. But either way, like this video, share it if you think the information here is valuable because no one else is. And thank you, stay safe. And as always, hit me up on Twitter. I don't know how to end the video. I'm trying to find how to cancel this, but I don't know what I'm doing. There it is. All right, cool. Have fun, be safe, guys.